When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Will the Vikings draft the running back that they developed to pair with Alexander Madison? Will another team that hopes to address the running back position just fail to address it the way they'd like to as a result of basic numbers and work out a deal to trade for Cook? But the bottom line is this. He ain't getting $10.4 million this year. That's what he needs to come to terms with. That's what his agent needs to come to terms with. If they trade that contract, they're not trading 10.4. Now, maybe he'll sign an extension that pays out 10.4 this year and signing bonus money that gets spread over multiple years. But he's not getting $10.4 million for this year alone. No one's going to pay him that. Dropping the hammer on Dalvin Cook and his, I think, like 30 year old agent, 28 year old agent, something like that. Is it Zach Hiller? We saw a clip from him yesterday. Yep. He made a 30 under 30 list. He's negotiating uh, on behalf of Dalvin Cook. So, anyhow. This is Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. And every single Tuesday leading up to the draft, we bring in our friend and uh, one of the most, uh, one of the foremost draft experts and authorities from Fantasy Pros and Betting Pros, Thorne Eistrom. Good to be back, boys. Good to be talking draft again in the Vikes. You know, you got all those helmets behind you. Yeah, I feel like next Tuesday, or maybe just maybe at the draft party, uh, which we'll talk about, if you could just wear a helmet the whole time while you're doing the show. <laughs> I might have to if they take Ken and Hooker, because I'll be banging my head on the table. <laughs> if you want to see Thor bang his head on a table live and in person, he's going to join us for the second chunk of the first round, the Surly Draft Party at Park Tavern in St. Louis Park, April 27th at 6 p.m. That's a week from Thursday, no cover charge. We are super excited to see as many of you guys as possible. Six o'clock start time. We're going to start streaming on the Purple Daily YouTube channel around seven o'clock or so. And unlike last year, when there were some weather issues and wind and rain and whatever, it's indoors and there's a spillover area. If it gets too crowded, sort of a heated outdoor tent that will have TVs and everything, beverages, surlies. Before I die, we'll be there. Before I die, back. Yes. Back for one night. Enjoy it with cans as well, which is, by the way, a new can from last year. This event is shaping up to be one of the great events of the year. It's going to be a blast. And, uh, hey, a shout-out to TCL. Back for another year on Purple Daily. Thank you. An official partner of the NFL and Purple Daily. No matter what you watch, TCL has award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, all with stunning picture quality. TCL makes more than just TVs. They offer mobile products, audio devices, home appliances, TCL brings you joy and simplicity through innovative technology. Gentlemen, we start with this fascinating Adam Schefter speculation. I don't think anything he says is speculation, though. I'm going to say report. Educated report, we'll say. Educated speculation. I don't know. Somewhere in there. (laughs) Okay. He said, quote, we've been hearing about quarterbacks going one, two, three, and four. That's a direct shot at Mel Kuyper, by the way. That's not going to happen, I believe, in this draft, Schefter said. I think Indianapolis thinks there's a real chance right now that they could sit right where they are at four and get potentially the second quarterback off the board in this draft. Mm. Thor, what do you think of this? It's it's Adam Schefter, man. He is super calculated. He He does not speak in opinion ever. He only speaks in fact or information exchange when he comes out and says i don't know about all these mocks 
I think the number two and number three picks could be non-quarterbacks. What do you make of this? I, yeah, the, there's a shot. You know, we, we talked about last week how Houston might defer to Will Anderson in the second slot. Uh, Lance Zierlein, the, the Houston-based draft writer, he tweeted out yesterday that Houston might be even exploring a trade down from the number two. But if they can't find that or they have to go too far down the board and they don't, they don't want to move that far down, if they're stuck in that slot, seems like a distinct possibility that they take Will Anderson. Uh, I mean, unless they're doing the greatest smokescreen of all time, it does not seem like Houston is in on C.J. Stroud. So if they take Will Anderson there, then you have the Arizona pick. If Arizona gets stuck in that slot, we know that Arizona wants to trade down. But if teams are like, well, the the quarterbacks are going to start to fall down here a little bit, maybe there isn't as much of a competition to blow Arizona away with an offer. If Arizona's stuck in that slot, assuredly they will not take a quarterback. They have Kyler Murray. So they would probably presumably take a defender as well. And that's how the second quarterback would get down to Indy. Thor, I feel like um, the the more speculation and to Phil's point, pseudo reporting by guys like Schefter that we are hearing a week out essentially from the draft, the more that the forecast potentially calls for chaos. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And this might be, this might be, and forgive me if it is recency bias, cause like we're preparing right, right now. But it just seems like there's a potential for more chaos in this draft and more unknowns than we ordinarily see. One, do you agree? And two, if you do, take me down the path in your mind of the type of chaos we might see here. I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, you know, it, and and where it starts, it starts with that scenario that we're just talking about. If if Houston and Arizona get stuck in their slots and end up going defender because Houston doesn't like one of the other quarterbacks on the board, and because Arizona doesn't need a quarterback, now all of a sudden you have Indy. We could get chaos there too because Indy's been one of the teams that is most in on Will Levis. So then you think about the possibility of like could C.J. Stroud actually drop beneath the fifth pick because Seattle probably will not take a quarterback. I, I wouldn't assume that they've been more in on the defenders. They obviously uh, re-signed uh, uh, Gino to to the contract extension earlier this offseason. Detroit ain't taking a quarterback at six. So, I mean, like, it, it opens up trade possibilities potentially. But if those teams want to sit there, kid like Jalen Carter is there. Uh, you know, potential, Seattle's been sniffing around him more at six. I think Detroit loves Devin Witherspoon from, from Illinois. Those teams can't trade down too far and still get one of those guys. Or Tyree Wilson. For, for Seattle as well, if they trade down seven, eight spots, whatever, they're not going to have access to those guys. So if they stay in those slots and they t- they take defenders, that's how we could get C.J. Stroud. Like, you know, previously an unforeseen circumstance where potentially he falls all the way to seven if the Colts take Levis. And then wow. from there, every single mock draft that has been put out to this point is just blown up. It's just detonated. You know, it's like an NCAA tournament bracket when there's just a ton of upsets. Initially, everything's blown up, and then we're in uncharted waters. We don't know what's going to happen after oh. that. Oh. I don't lay down. See you guys. Oh. So, okay. So the, the next logical question, because this is, you know, this is a, a Viking show. How could the Vikings potentially benefit from chaos, Thor? Well, from the quarterback dropping down the board, we know that they've done more work on the quarterback class than they have in several years. And you have to assume that Quasi is vetting all these different trade-up scenarios. You know, with with the third one, we talked about how that could be cost prohibitive unless you're okay giving up your next two first-round picks and your third this year to do it. But now if, you know, in this scenario where potentially C.J. Stroud gets down, you know, to five or six, what – you know, I I think that those teams, they, they like some of the defenders that are going to be there, but could they be incentivized to trade? We know that there, there was an enormous trade down the board last year, Minnesota and Detroit in the first round. What if we flipped it this time? And the Vikings are the ones moving up with the team that Quasey just worked with in the first round last year, up to number six if C.J. Stroud falls down there. Oh, my God. Hold on a second. I'm hyperventilating right now. Hold on. Hold on. I'll gather myself. Okay, so off I'll that, tell you, this is amazing right now. I need to so, excuse myself. So off that point, too, here's what I think is intriguing. And I am literally trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together here because there are there's a ton we don't, don't know. And that's especially true about the Vikings because, you know, we've got one draft, Quasi and O'Connell, in that case, didn't, you know, have a full – full time of preparation and certainly the experience that they do now after a season in Thor. I felt like 
the press conference, and these things are very touchy, like they're hard to read. But I don't know what your feeling was, but the Vikings pre-draft press conference held last week, you know, O'Connell and Quazy were asked a lot of questions about the quarterback position, rightfully so in particular. And just trying to read between the lines, I didn't hear anything of stop with those questions. You know, we've got our guy, blah, blah, blah. No. Uh, <laughs> you know, they they basically have, they have basically said, and they're right, we've got to be looking for the next quarterback. And so, if anything, I think the Vikings' participation in potential chaos could be, be huge. And the more and more that we examine this, I'm not going to be surprised at all if they come away next Thursday night as we sit at Park Tavern sipping on Surly's <laughs> with a quarterback who's among those top four now. Wow. It's in play. Yeah, I mean, and, and the chaos theory is what could facilitate that. Because, you know, let's say the difference between trading for six instead of three, you know, the scenario we were talking about last week, you're not going to have to give up your next two first-round picks. You're going to have to give up your one next year. And Detroit, we know, would sort of be interested in that. They've picked up the future first multiple times. They've been picking twice in some of these first rounds, you know, going back the last couple of years, whatever, this year as well. So, I mean, that they're a team that likes to, to pick up assets. And again, like people out there might be like, oh, they only have Jared Goff. Why wouldn't they just take a quarterback? D- Detroit is higher on Goff than any other organization. They're going to keep rolling it forward with Goff. So, I mean, like, you know, in terms of being able to pick up extra assets, stuff like that, maybe they're thinking about their contingency with Jared Goff. Maybe if he turns into a pumpkin, we want another first-round pick as ammo next year because Caleb Williams of USC is coming out and Drake May of UNC is coming out. M- maybe we just put our bullets into that one, but you're still going to be able to pick in the first round by moving down. You know, so you just painted this incredible but also plausible scenario where Houston and Arizona don't take quarterbacks and teams don't desperately try to climb up to trade to the number three. And then all of a sudden, Indian, and this is what Schefter is reporting too. I mean, Indianapolis then takes maybe Will Levis at four, and all of a sudden now you got a scenario where Anthony Richardson and C.J. Stroud are both available. Seattle at five. Detroit at six is so interesting because the Vikings and the Lions have already made two huge trades with each other in the last 12 months. So why stop at two, right? But And, and this is where I want your help because I'm looking at the old uh, draft value chart where they assign you know a number to each draft pick. I think if you were to move up to three, which is what we talked about last week, it would cost you your 23 and so your your the uh, your 2023 first round pick pick number 23. You'd have to for sure obviously give that and first round picks in 2024 and potentially 25 to to get up to three. It's less to get up to six, and it may not seem like it because well, what's the difference? There's a 600-point difference between the third pick and the sixth pick. And so correct me if I'm wrong here, Thor, but if the draft plays out that way, it would probably cost you one fewer future first-rounder to move to, like, six than three, right? Sure would. The the 600 points that you're referring to, that is the equivalent to the 31st pick in the draft. The, you know, what usually in a normal year would be the second to the last pick of the first round. You're, you're not going to have to give up the two first-round picks to get to six. You'll have to give up the one. Because you got to drive, what is that? Uh, a little bit less than a thousand points, whatever. So you'd have, I did the math here. So you'd probably, if if let's say uh, Richardson or Stroud fell to six, and these guys, these guys are like, man, I mean, we already have a great trading relationship with the Lions. Let's make this happen. I think you'd you'd swap the six and the twenty three. You'd give Detroit the eighty seven, and your next year's first round pick. Oh, that, I think that that's, would. That would do it for sure. Yeah, um, I, I would try to try to grovel with them and and try to give up less than the third this year. But you're definitely going to have to give up your first next year. I mean, that, that, there's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, whether it's the you know the third that the Vikings have, or whether you could try to convince them to take one of those day three picks. But yeah, I mean, that's sort of the range that you're talking about to get to six. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, this is so. There, there are so many potential tentacles off of this conversation so let's say that they do this okay let's say that the quarterbacks that the top four start to fall a bit and they get stroud okay i think we all all agree and while Thor drives you crazy if they get hooker he's coming off an acl he's gonna sit like like the ideal there is gonna sit learn and get coached up you get stroud there's a case to be made he shouldn't sit so what happens now 
Because I don't think that you would take C.J. Stroud at six if that had happened and park him for sure. Like Hooker, you would. But what happens then? Because now, now you've got Cousins, who's probably like, what the hell, right? And you're expediting his potential removal from the roster. So, like, imagine, and I do believe that Quazy and O'Connell uh, could be potential kings of chaos in the fact that they that they would embrace this opportunity. But that changes the whole, or that shifts everything as far as quarterback is concerned, I think, if it's one of those top four guys and if it's Stroud. Yeah, yeah. With Stroud, you have to have the trade for Cousins worked out, or at least the parameters of it with another team before you make that move up for Stroud, because I totally agree with you. C.J. Stroud needs to be starting week one of next NFL season. And so if if they get him, yeah, you, you got to trade Cousins. And hopefully, you know, like we talked about uh, in the last episode, if you trade Cousins, you can perhaps, you know, it, and, and this could incentivize a team perhaps like the 49ers that wants to keep their remaining picks this year to plug their holes. And you're, you're going to have to make this trade presumably during the draft or draft weekend, something like that. If you trade Cousins for future draft equity for, for picks next year, you could potentially, like we talked about, recoup exactly the amount of value or an analogous amount of value to the first rounder that you just sent out. You know, whether you get a second and a third or whether, you know, like we talked about uh, last time, putting the contingency on on that pick of if if the you know the 49ers make it to the NFC Championship game, whatever, then it vests into a first rounder. That would be a way that you could just totally wash away the future equity that you've traded out. And then it's, it's you know, you're just swapping in Kirk for, for C.J. Stroud at that point. And then the cap hit that you take this year, what does it matter? Because you're not going to be a Super Bowl contender this year. But then going forward, you have the quarterback on the rookie deal, the cheat code, where then it opens up an enormous amount of cap room on the back end of it, where the Vikings can now be way more active in free agency the next three years. So here's a, and I don't, this is where I probably need someone smarter than me to figure out the cap ramifications. But let's say, uh, Let's say you the, the draft falls your way. You trade up to get C.J. Stroud, and now you're in. And, and you get to take a deep breath overnight because the draft stops after the first round, and you can now take a deep breath going into day two. And the, the 49ers, by the way, don't have a pick anyways until the third round, right? They've got a bunch of third-round picks. So you could, you could in, in theory, facilitate that trade if you wanted to between the first and the second days of the draft. You'd have some time to do that. Uh, but here's the thing. If you were to trade Kirk post-June 1st, his cap hit instead of $20 million for this year would be, I believe, $38 million. Let me plug this into the uh, over-the-cap calculator. So, yeah, you, you, $38.7 million would be his cap hit for this year because everything would, would move up into 2023. And now you're $17 million over the cap. So you could, you could restructure O'Neal and save 10. You know, you, you got a Hawkinson deal you could work through. Zadari, like there's ways to clear out guys here, but you'd have a lot of work on your hands to get back under the cap at some point. Um, you could post June first designate trade Kirk Cousins, and you would have twenty eight million dollars on your books for next year right. in dead money, but you'd have a rookie scale contract quarterback. But my question there is, and this is where I'm too dumb to know the answer, if you did a post June first designated trade next week on Kirk. Would it have to be for draft picks that are in 2024? You know what I'm saying? Like, could they send you the draft picks for 2023, but the but the Kirk side of it isn't consummated until post-June 1st? I don't know. But there's all sorts of ways you could finagle this if you did find your quarterback of the future next Thursday. Yeah, I I, I don't think so. Um, I, I think the way that, that it would be constituted probably is trading for the future equity. But, yeah, I mean, like, if, if you were able to, to, to hammer the thing out on – you know, late Thursday night or on, you know, obviously you have all, all day Friday till the draft starts up again. What is it? 6 PM or whatever on, on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Then you work it out. Then you take the smaller cap hit. You could potentially take some of the 49ers picks this year, but I, I just like sort of the symmetry of if you've traded your first rounder next year, attempting to to make the cousins trade to just recoup that, that draft value. Cause if you're like, again, if you're starting CJ Stroud this year, you could have a, a very frisky team, but I don't think that they're a Super Bowl contender. So I, I would want to clear the cap space going forward and get the draft equity going forward. And then this year, just sort of, you know, get by with, with what you got. On Stroud, um, what, what's your 
analysis of how prepared he, he would be to step in. And not that I, I would expect great things in year one, but just not get that, that year of potentially being on the sideline and uh, being able to observe, learn, and be coached. Is he prepared to step in and take off from there? Or would there be some concerns there, do you think? Uh, no, I, I think he's ready to start right now. Uh, is he ready to be a star in the NFL right away? Probably not. Like, sure. I mean, you know, he's probably going to need a year or so, but he's the most accurate quarterback in this class. He's more accurate than Bryce Young, and his placement's better too. So Now, a lot of the other stuff Bryce Young's got him at, like Bryce Young is is a way better processor at the field, but Bryce Young, that's what his superpower is. It's the reason that he's going to go first overall. C.J. Stroud, there's, the Ohio State system was way more wide open and stuff like that. So he would get guys in space, and then and then he would do the thing of just fitting the ball through a keyhole, whatever. You want to get him acclimated into an NFL offense where there's more traffic around, and he has to sort of work through the progressions if one thing's not there, whatever. But we've already seen him go through all the progressions at Ohio State. It's just the the the, the spacing is going to be more condensed in the NFL because he doesn't have you know the the freak athletes on the outside going up against you know Nebraska's cornerbacks or whatever, um, and and being able to throw those one on ones. Yeah. Oh man, this is this is uh this is quite the round of reckless draft speculation here, boys. I don't know what to do with myself. But we there's other questions we want to throw at you. We will do a mock draft simulation as well. But uh, a shout out to our friends over at Livia, helping Purple Daily listeners get in the best shape of their lives, Judd. That that's right. And here's the thing too. It's Livia Weight Control Centers. So as I keep saying, we're not talking about a diet, we're not talking about a fad, we're talking about a long term solution. And I have heard from and am appreciative. So many of you have, like I did, given them a shot. And you look at the guy on the left, you look at the guy on the right. And that's both Sports Dad. But sports da- it's Sports Dad on the right. Lean, mean, fighting machine, like a lot of you, because Livia works. And here right now is a deal that they just debuted yesterday. You join today, you get three months for free. That's right, three months for free. That's enough time where you're going to go into summer looking great and feeling great, and you too will be a lean, mean fighting machine, and they're going to help you keep the pounds off, which is the most important thing. Uh, 855-GO-LIVIA, livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com for a program that works and for a new you, livia.com. And you'll look better in your golf clothes too, like Declan. You know, you could wear those little... uh... You know, Ricky Fowler colored pants without yep. feeling insecure or ashamed. Yep, no problem shooting over 100 if I look like Ricky. That's kind of been my motto <laughs> for a very, very long time. And I would be doing it at the Meadows at Mystic Lake. Go to golfthemeadows.com to learn more. You can stay up to date on tea time information. Uh, you got the 10-round value pack as well, which gives you access to tea times. And you can maybe even drill some putts like me. Like I went when I went to the Meadows at Mystic Lake and shockingly drilled putts on one take. No matter what Phil Mackey or Judd Zolgad think, uh, I was that was one take. Pull the flag. Okay. No, no, no. You keep that flag in. Please keep that flag in. Go Pull to golf. Go to golfthemeadows.com to learn Coward. more and stay up to date. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, our friends at Dennis Kirk as well are helping you out for riding season, which teased us last week. Now it's fifty-five and sunny today in the Twin Cities. Whatever it is you ride, a Harley, Indian, Metric Cruiser, Sport Bike, you'll find what you need at DennisKirk.com so you can ride more and wait less. Over 180,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets as well. Shipping is free for orders over $89. If you order by 8 p.m., they ship the same day. Everything you need for your ride at DennisKirk.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, just to continue the quarterback discussion here, because it's very obvious the Vikings are planning on uh, maybe making a big move here, or we'll see how the draft plays out. We've seen a couple mock drafts, Thor, in the mockosphere send Tanner McKee and or Dorian Thompson-Robinson to the Vikings. Um, let's talk about both those guys for a second, because we've talked so much about the, the top five quarterbacks, if you include Hendon Hooker in there. My worry about this is if you look historically, and this is just my own sort of, you know, crack research, but the last 20 years, first-round quarterbacks 
only pan out. And when I say pan out, and this is my own subjectivity here, but were you an above average quarterback for a multi-year stretch? I think that's my definition of pan out. Now, obviously, there's Patrick Mahomes panning out, and there's like, you know, uh, Andy Dalton in the second round panning out. You know, they're both hits, but one's a Hall of Famer. So I said there's 47% that panned out in the first round. That number drops to 16% in the second and third rounds the last 20 years. 5% fourth round or later, if you're talking about multi-year starters who are above average. So that's what worries me a little bit about the Tanner McKee, Dorian Thompson, Robinson bin, where it's like, yeah, you're taking a shot, but it's really like a like a one in seven, maybe one in eight chance that that guy becomes an above average multi-year starting quarterback. What are your thoughts on those guys? Yeah, uh, well, I have Tanner McKee ranked right around where I have Hendon Hooker ranked. Uh, I have them both as third-round players. So, I mean, if, you know, you're talking the third round, or if he gets into the – McKee gets into the fourth, you know, a lot of the, the seven-round mocks have him getting into the fourth. Yeah, I'd absolutely take a shot on on Tanner McKee. I, I think he would work well in the Viking system, too. He He's your big prototypical pocket passer. You know, he's six – let's see, he was six, listed at 6'6". Six, six. At the combine, he was six foot five and 5'8", 231 pounds. But he's a little bit more athletic than people give him credit for. He had an uh, 88th percentile size adjusted athletic composite during the pre-draft process. And before in the Stanford offense, like in 2021, he would just sit back there in the pocket and they didn't move him around much. So I sort of thought he was lead footed. But last year we got to see more of the bootleg stuff because Stanford had put this this weird Wake Forest, uh, Dave Clausen, their coach, they run this thing called the slow mesh or whatever, and then they use like RPO off it and stuff like that. And Stanford's offense had been so terrible for so many years, and David Shaw was uh, apparently getting ready to walk away from the job, which he did after the season, that they just decided to do something crazy and put slow mesh stuff in there. But what you got to see with that was Tanner McKee bootlegging around a lot more. He moves really fluidly to the perimeter, and he throws accurately on the run. Those tapes or those uh, those plays are littered all over his tape from last year. I think that would appeal to the Vikings as well. And he's a guy who can attack all three levels of the field. He has the requisite arm strength to, to threaten the defense deep. Um, and, and he's mechanically sound as well. He's a guy who's worked really, really hard on that kind of stuff. And is multiple years starter in the power five. I, I do think that there's a little bit of upside there. I don't think there's a ton of quarterbacks in this class who, if they hit their ceiling, they could be an NFL starter. Is he ever going to be a star in the NFL? No, but like, could he become, uh, you know, like a 16th, 17th, 18th best quarterback in the NFL? If he hits his ceiling, yeah, I, I think so. But like you mentioned, the hit rate is lower on, you know, when, when you're going to get into the middle rounds like that. But if I'm going to take a shot on one of those guys, you're, you're throwing a dart, he'd be the guy that I would want to throw on, you know, after those top five guys, whatever. Or you know, four I, guys. I wonder, because uh, out of high school, we were going over this list on, the show yesterday or two days ago, he was he received offers from basically every top college football program. I mean, Alabama, Auburn, Florida, Texas, USC, Tennessee, Georgia, UCLA. He was, he, I think, like Ohio State and Michigan might be the only two top programs that didn't offer him out of high school. I just wonder, you choose Stanford, which is great. and You know, you get that great education, go to Stanford, but their cupboards in terms of talent are just barren the last couple of years. Mac Jones goes to Alabama a few years ago and gets to put up 41 touchdowns, four interceptions, and 77% completions because he's driving a college Ferrari. And I just wonder where would Tanner McKee's draft stock be if he had chosen to play at Tennessee, right, in that offensive system, or if he had played at Alabama with all those NFL wide receivers and offensive linemen and whatnot, and he puts up 35 touchdowns and six picks instead of the Stanford numbers. You know, I just I wonder where he would be at stock wise and perception wise if he went somewhere besides Stanford. If he played for Josh Heupel in college, like Kenan Hooker got to do, he would be the guy that is the dark horse first rounder. He might not even yeah. be a dark horse; he might just be viewed as a first round pick. It's your points well taken. Total opposite deal at Stanford it was a bad offensive line, and he only really had one good receiver. But that kid was on and off the field. Michael Wilson was one of my favorite sleepers in the, in the receiver class. But with him, he has to stay on the field. But he was, you know, like I said, on and off the field at Stanford. And then there wasn't a ton of system continuity either because then they go and change the offense on him heading into his senior year. But we already have a proof of concept of this in the recent past. Remember Davis Mills? He was the guy that, that McKee took over for at Stanford. 
Uh, Davis Mills is also a guy who statistically he paled in comparison to some of the other guys in in the class when he came out just because he played in the Stanford system. But like uh, you see him, he went into the NFL taken in the third round by the Texans. Was it one pick ahead of the Mon pick or two picks? After. After. Ooh, that that was a mistake by the Vikings. But like you saw, you know, Mills falls down there just because of the situation he's in. And and he's a guy who, you know, obviously has, has exceeded expectations. But is you know he's he's a below average starter, but he is an NFL starter, and he hasn't necessarily embarrassed himself, especially when you consider the talent that Houston has around him. Mm-hmm. Mm. So Thor, here's a, a question: Let's say that the Vikings try to trade up to six or three, doesn't work; they're stuck at twenty three. Um, I, I think the early mocks, of course, had cornerbacks, a lot of cornerbacks. Then it got to it felt like it shifted to receivers. Now it's a lot of quarterbacks being. But let me throw this curveball at you. With Daniil Hunter not reporting for, for the, just to be clear, voluntary offseason program, but wanting a new contract, and with there being a fighting chance that the Vikings say no, and that he, he says, okay, that's fine, then I'm not going to play here. And Zadarius Smith, ha- having pieced out, you know, asked for his release, didn't get it. But let's just say that that blows up as well. Do we need to be considering that the Vikings very well might take a rush end, a rush linebacker in the 3-4 with the 23rd pick based on what is going on, which I'm guessing the Vikings are prepared for, but we really didn't know officially until the uh, Jeremy Fowler report that Daniil Hunter wasn't going to show up. And there is debate here. Should the Vikings pay him? What do you think are the chances of this turning into a pass rushing end? Yeah, well, I mean, if if you know inside the building that there's, you know, that Zedarius isn't coming back, see, seems like that's the case. And then if if you think that there's a, a strong chance or it's just going to happen that that Hunter is not going to play for you, you're already starting to explore trade for him, whatnot. Then, yeah, I mean, that that moves right to the top of the list, you know, right up to probably even above wide receiver two, which we've been banging on the drum for. And, and right up there with cornerback and probably even above it. Because at that point, you only have Marcus Davenport, who you signed on the one-year flyer. You're, you're hoping on him. Yep. And then what what would you have on the other side? So, yeah, I mean, you'd have to move that way up there. Yeah. So interesting, man. There's just And, and I wonder how many scenarios. I'm sure they've, they've got 10 or 12 different scenarios they're planning for here. Right? Here's our quarterback scenarios. Okay, if if it plays out where there's you know four quarterbacks off the board in the first 10 picks, okay, that means there's – all these other positions that we could potentially go for too. So, uh, so your latest mock, we talked about it last week, uh, Quentin Johnston, right? Or no, Jordan Addison, which one you had a receiver going to the Vikings at 23. Yeah, I, th- I think it was, let me, let me pull it up. I, th- I think I had, yeah, I had Jordan Addison going to the Vikings. Yeah. So, um, is it, if, if it's not quarterback in the first round, how would you rank based on where you think the draft is headed and where you think the value is? If the Vikings stand pat at 23, where do you think the value is? Are you leaning receiver still like your mock last week, or is it another position? Um, I'd say receiver or corner, depending on the the corner that's there. And then the the sort of wild card with the corner thing, we talked about this in the past, is Brian Branch, because he listed as a safety, but he's not. He's a nickel defender. Now, in that scenario, you'd have to move Murphy outside. You've already told him he's going to be playing a lot in the nickel, but we know that he can play on the outside. But that that's another one that would plug one of the holes. But it, it, with the cornerback thing, it all depends on what goes above you. Uh, you know, the two guys at the very top we know aren't going to be there. Witherspoon and uh, Gonzalez are probably both going to go in the top ten. Joey Porter likely is going to be gone very soon after that. Does Deontay Banks get down to you? And then would you consider Deontay Banks? If Deontay Banks is gone too, though, I, I think you're just deferring uh, that position to to later or whatever because you're going to have to reach. And You know, unless it's a guy like Brian Branch. I, I think Brian Branch is a fit. But, yeah, you know, outside of that, I, I remain on uh, team draft the second wide receiver. I want to keep my comments short, though, on this because i seen K.J. Osborne was getting after people on Twitter this week <laughs> who were saying the Vikings needed a wide receiver, too. Just don't so. say they suck. Okay. Don't say yeah. the wide receivers all suck behind Jefferson. I saw I, a bunch of Vikings players piling on uh, some negative Vikings bloggers slash podcasters out there, right? They all, they all have rabbit ears. They're all listening. That was a fun day on Twitter. Well, boys, maybe we should just uh, do another simulation here. I want to mock! Come on! Yeah, thanks. All right. 
Let's pop this up on the old screen for the YouTube audience. We will explain it and navigate it. There we go. Dex has it. So this is the Pro Football Focus Mock Draft Simulator. And we will choose the Vikings with the 23rd pick. As you can see the settings there. Okay. We're going to enter the draft. So does anyone have any any thoughts? So I, I have it as a five-round mock. We could try and deal Dalvin. To, I got the latest odds here from one of the odds websites that the Dolphins are now the odds-on favorite for Dalvin Cook's team in 2023 with the Vikings second behind them. Dolphins need need a back? I thought they took care of their... Uh... That's the weird thing. They already have, don't they already have situation. like two two veteran running backs yeah, on that so. team? Well, it's it's Moster, right? Is their projected star? I think. Yeah, but they uh, I mean, I, but right. the, hey, that's what the that's what the the odds are saying. So okay, do you, I guess my question is: before we start this mock draft simulation, do you want to try and trade Dalvin to sure. Miami and just see what happens? Yeah, let's Absolutely. do it. Yeah. Okay, absolutely. So Miami, they do have a second round pick. I don't think we're getting a second for Dalvin, but let's see here. Okay, so Dalvin for the so there's the 51 there's the 84 there's the 197 should we see if they'll give the 84 yeah it says they oh. will <laughs> wow will, will they give the 51 wow you're getting kind of greedy now somebody Thor. fix this thing no Dang. it says no. somebody fix yeah. this machine the 84 they ain't giving the 84 a third so yeah judd's our chief reality officer here thor's our gm as we navigate this mock draft simulation it does feel like a bit of a heist, but it's it's the pro football focus mock simulator. I mean, what? Are, yeah, they say they say a hundred percent. All right, all right. The eighty fourth pick for Del, listen, Delvin Cook. Yeah, twelve hundred yards last year, eight yeah. touchdowns, four and a half yards of carry, another Pro Bowl appearance. Yeah. They're lucky we're not trying to get that fifty first pick. Right. So, all right, we're gonna right. offer this. All right, yeah. well, there we go. We just traded right. Delvin Cook to the Miami Dolphins for. The Dolphins, just all got fi- the Dolphins just all got fired. Their front office got blown out. So, boys, we now have the 23, the 84, the 87, the 119, the 158, and the 211 going into this five-round mock simulation. We're going to start the draft. Let's see if there's any chaos like last week. We'll just do a, do a couple off the bat here. Okay, Bryce Young, number one to the Panthers. C.J. Stroud, number two to the Texans. Jalen Carter, number three, to the Colts. Let's rattle off the fourth pick here, too. My guess is it's Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. It's Anthony Richardson, four, to the Colts. So that this is fairly standard. I think Jalen Carter going a little higher than maybe most mocks have him. But any reason at this point, with Will Levis being the last of the four quarterbacks, any reason to think about trading up here, Thor? Not in this scenario. This is the non-chaos uh, scenario, and, and we're not giving up all those future picks for, for Will Levis. In in this scenario, the Raiders would be crying if they seen the Colts take Anthony Richardson. I, I know for a fact the Raiders like Anthony Richardson, so they're they're hoping that the Colts take uh, Levis or, or potentially Stroud. Okay. Well, let's rattle off a few more here and see what happens. There's Will Levis to the Raiders, by the way. A big cornerback run. Oh, your guy, Quentin Johnston. So I'm going to pause it here after the 13th pick. So here's what we've got. We've got cornerback run, Devin Witherspoon, Christian Gonzalez, Joey Porter Jr., all gone. And then the first two receivers, Quentin Johnston and Jackson Smith and Jigba, go to the Eagles and the Texans. Yeah, what, one thing I'll say about this is I, I also uh, have heard some whispers that the Raiders do not like Will Levis. So this is one scenario where if if the Raiders bypass Levis, because, of course, they have Jimmy Garoppolo and, and they have Hoy or whatever, that could be a scenario where Levis starts dropping down the board. And then you wouldn't, you know, like he's not going to fall all the way to 23. But if he gets into the teens, there's not a t- ton of teams around here that, that are looking at quarterback. Then you could potentially think to, to trade up mm. if, if that scenario happened. Interesting. Mm. Okay, meat and potatoes, a lot of offensive tackles coming off here. Lucas Van Ness, the Iowa edge rusher to the Packers at 15. Kalaji Kansi. So we can't see, for some reason, they don't let us see like available players until it's our pick. But just kind of based on how you see the board here, Thor, is there any reason at all to think about trading up, or should we just let the pick come to us here and see what happens? I think we got to stay on Pat, see what happens. All right. All right, so um, and we can, we'll see how many offers come in. We may be able to trade back. And that might be the place. We have three teams interested here. Let's see who those three teams are as we are on the clock 
with the 23rd overall pick. It says the Giants at 25, the Eagles at 30, and then the Raiders coming up from the second round at 38 are all interested in consummating a trade for the 23rd pick. I will Hmm. show you which players are available here. So you can decide, do we want to stand pat and make a pick, or do we want to trade back to 25 or 30 or 38? Brian Branch, your guy. Yeah, branches of interest here. Keep and he may not down. be there if you trade back, too. That's the but thing. But at the same time, yeah. you got Dude, what? Bijan Robinson. Oh, Bijan's there. I, I do like and we Bijan. just traded Delvin. Oh, man, we, we would have to think about Bijan here. Um, I, Z- my boy Zay Flowers is there, too. I'd say um, trade back because. Let, let's trade with the Giants. Because a couple of those guys, will, you know, at least one of them guys is still going to be there. And you got what tight end, tackle, tackle are the best BPAs on the board right now. Those aren't needs for the Vikings. So I, I would move back a couple spots. Yeah, I agree. And, and Jordan Addison's still there. There's multiple guys here that the Vikings would be interested in. Okay, real quick on Bijan Robinson, because I was trying to force this on Judd the other day. I am fascinated by Bijan Robinson Me too. in a Kevin O'Connell system. What is his – so, you know, he didn't catch a ton of passes – is he a big? Is he is he is he a guy that's going to catch 50, 60 passes and be a first two downs back? What's what's his uh, outlook in the NFL? Oh, he no he he's a very good receiver. Um, sometimes they would take him out on third downs because Roshan Johnson, who's another draft guy in this class, a middle round prospect, he had to see the field at you know at some point or whatever, and he and he was the Roshan's a better pass blocker. But Delvin is a very skilled receiver. Uh, Delvin, uh, Bijan is a very skilled receiver, both out of the backfield and you can put him on the slot as well. Okay. So here's what we're going to do with the Giants here. So you think we can trade back two and maybe still get Bijan uh, Robinson and and or whoever else, I guess. Yeah, and if, if not, Branch or one of those receivers for sure. Okay, so we're going to trade back here. Um, it says if we if we do the 23 and the 25 swap and ask for the 89th from the Giants, it's Love a that. 55% chance of being accepted. Done and done. Let's yep. see what happens. Let's try and fleece him here. Nah. Can we can we toss a pick in? Late, late runner? <laughs> Give him 211. 211. Take 60% chance. Screw the them. One, the 158, 72% chance. Yeah, okay. I'll get done. Let's offer this. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah, there, there it is. Uh-oh. Thank you for doing business. We're just stockpiling those picks. Oh, the Giants take Branch. Look at this. And the Jaguars take Darnell Wright. Well, so we're Bijan's sitting here at 25, and Bijan Robinson is still on the board. Yeah, I, I I think we might have to take Bijan here. We there haven't it done it yet. Let's take him. Yeah, I just quit. With the 25th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Minnesota Vikings select Bijan Robinson. I'm going to go fast so we can get to the 80s here, and we'll just stand pat at 84 and 87 and see who's on the board. All right? Okay, here we go. Ooh, Tank Dell. I do like Tink, but you got to play him in the slot because he's so small, 165 Dude, he's like a, pounds. Yeah, he's 165 yeah, no, pounds. With, no. Yeah, you just can't play him on the outside. And the Vikings are playing in 12 personnel so much. You know, either Hawkinson or Oliver can be in the slot all the time. So I just don't think he's a fit. I, I do like his game, but, yeah, I, I just don't think he's a what fit a, for the Vikings. What about that edge from Wisconsin? Herbig? I would play Herbig at linebacker. He he sort of caught between the two, but um, he, you know, who was the kid a couple years ago? Leo Chennault. Was kind of Wisconsin just uses some of the their linebacker edge defender like that, um, but I would put him at linebacker, and, and I wouldn't see linebacker as a need right now. Um, you let us know what you want us to. Uh, so we have two picks here in the next four, eighty four and eighty seven. Okay, let's check out the um, the cornerback. I want to see the cornerbacks, and um, and I guess the the full receivers too. Okay, we'll put them both on here for you. Okay. Okay. Corners and receivers. Tank Dell being number one on both the PFF and average draft position board. So Michael Wilson actually would be a fit. He was, he was funny enough, he was the guy I was talking about a little bit ago, the guy that, that had a hard time staying on the field at Stanford. But when he was on the field, he was really, really good. Mm-hmm. He has this superpower of stopping on a dime that was actually tracked by the Zebra system at the Senior Bowl. He was top five amongst all the players there, regardless of position in max deceleration, and he's he's over 6'2 and like two, 215 pounds. So he, he can shake people. I kind of like that. I mean, dude, if you're feeling Michael Wilson, well, let's pull the trigger and make it he's happen. A, he's a true outside receiver. I'm down with that. There it is. Michael right. Wilson, come on down. You are the next number two wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings. All due and respect I to K.J. Osborne. 
I rank him right next to Tank Dell. On my board right now, I have Tank Dell wide receiver eight. I have Wilson wide receiver nine, but they're super close overall. And like I said, much better fit for the Vikings because Wilson for sure plays on the outside. We'll show you. So we're back at. Uh, so we have actually the eighty-seven and the eighty-nine here. So we have a ton, we have a ton of picks. And by the way, the eighty-seventh pick is presented by our friends at Manscaped, Declan. Speaking of top picks, I'm going to hit the hit the chimes one more time here. Okay, well, let, let's talk about a one-two punch of men's grooming, which is obviously the lawnmower 4.0 and the beard hedger. You need to take care of things upstairs. You need to take care of things downstairs. These are picks one and two in your NFL draft. You don't want to look like Matt Patricia. You want to look like Sean McVay, okay? No one wants to look like Matt Patricia. So if you look like a Patricia and you want to look like more like a McVay, go to Manscaped and check out <laughs> with promo code PURPLE. 20% off gets you free shipping and 20% off all products at Manscaped. In the checkout, put promo code PURPLE. It helps us out at Purple Daily. It helps Manscaped out as well. They're a proud sponsor of Purple Daily and their programming here. Use promo code PURPLE for 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped. All right. Thor, we're showing you here on the screen. This is the list of available quarterbacks, cornerbacks, edge rushers, and interior defensive linemen. Okay, I, I like Isaiah McGuire, um, but he's a he's a four three defensive end. Might be harder to play him on the interior, and he's not an outside linebacker guy. So I think he's more of a fit for for a different system. Um, Brooks and Turner, I I don't know for for what the Vikings need because on the interior they need more of the the nose tackle guy, you know, so that they you know or you know to platoon with Tonga potentially. Mm-hmm. That that's why I've been interested in in the big space seating uh, guys in there. Uh, Siaki Ika I think is already off the board, but we talked about Jared Clark and then Broderick Martin is a, is another guy from Western Kentucky, but they can be taken later. Uh, right here, the the most attractive name I've seen so far is is Darius Rush. Um, from South Carolina, a guy who rose throughout the process. He was actually the fastest guy at the senior ball in terms of their tracking of the speed. And then he, I, I think he ran uh, low four fours at the combine. Um, he would probably be the, the corner that I'm most interested from, from these guys that I'm seeing. All right, let's do it. Darius rush to the Minnesota Vikings with the 87th overall pick. And now we're back on the clock again at 89 after Marvin Mims receiver goes to the Jaguars. Oh man, I, I I like Marvin Mims a lot. I miss Marvin Mims. Um, let's see. So what what we've taken running back, receiver. Oh, we we got the receiver. Oh, yep. that's right. That's right. Yeah. And cornerback. And so, so we can use we... interior defensive line is definitely still a thing. Um, we do have the one nineteen. Yeah, edge rusher, especially if the Vikings wind up moving on from either of those guys, Zadarius or Daniel Hunter. Yeah, let's look at those two uh, front seven positions, the um, the edge and, and uh, interior defensive line. You could even toss linebacker in there, too. Oh, They're going to be looking okay. to get rid of Hicks pretty okay. soon. Okay, we'll toss a little, toss a little linebacker see in here. See fell down here. Okay. 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 Um, oh, I... Uh, Dorian Williams. I'm a big fan of Dorian Williams' game. He he's shorter and he's smaller, but he's super duper athletic and he has crazy long arms. It, it's one of the reasons why why he it's sort of uh, deceiving his frame because his wingspan is absolutely enormous and he also disrupts passes. Uh, let's see who else is down here. Ivan Pace, I like too. He didn't test as well as we thought he was going to test. It would be my only concern there, but he he creates a lot of havoc. Um. I think these guys, a lot of these guys will be here when we come back. At yeah, I, I think so. we go Dorian Williams here. There it is. All right, from uh, Tulane, linebacker Dorian Williams. He's one the of the Vikings best covered linebackers in the class. Dorian. And then one more pick here for us at 119. Well, here, you know, with um, that Garrett uh, Williams falling down from Syracuse, he was the guy we talked about before that's coming off the knee injury. But, you know, if he falls this far down the board, he's a, he'd be an objective steal here. What, when will he come back during his rookie season? You know, is it going to be October? Is it going to be November? I'm not sure. But you will get him back at some point during the season. And he would have the highest upside of those guys right now. Um, Jack, uh, you know, as far as uh, these guys, not, not too interested in Jacqueline Roy. Um, he was an early entrant that didn't test very well. I don't really know why he came out. Colby Wooden is an undersized uh, tweener between interior defensive line and edge. I don't think he's a fit. There's that Broderick Martin that I was talking about, the Western Kentucky kid. That kid is friggin' enormous. Uh, his his dimensions that he came in at were 
I'm just pulling it up right now, was uh, he was 6'5", 330 uh, coming in. Um, the, the one who's even bigger is is Jared Clark, not quite as tall, but 6'3", uh, 334. And Jared Clark has a ridiculous reach for uh, one of those enormous guys inside, 82-inch uh, wingspan. In- interestingly, Siaki Ika, who is, is the guy in that phylum that is always ranked ahead of him, mm-hmm. his his reach is only 75 and a half inches, you know, as far as the wingspan goes. So I, I would be thinking about Jared Clark here would, would be, I, I think, yeah, I, I think I'm, I would say, well, Jared Clark or the uh, Yaya Diaby from Louisville, uh, Yaya Diaby, we, we haven't seen him as much. Uh, he didn't break out until the end of his career but he tested as an athletic freak. And on film, you see just a super duper quick first step. He is that three, four outside linebacker that you just sick uh, for, from the edge there. So he'd be another guy to potentially think about. And uh, no love for Dorian Thompson Robinson or any of the other quarterbacks here, Jay Kaner, Clayton Toon, Stetson Bennett, all these guys still on the board. For, for me, not yet. I, I, you know, cause there's so many other needs. You can get a guy right here that, it, you know, is either going to be in a platoon immediately or is going to be your, your, your plan for 2024. I, mm-hmm. I would prioritize those guys. Guys. I just kind of like his name. Yaya Diaby. If you guys are down for it. Yeah. Let's say yeah, athletic yeah. freak edge rusher to the Vikings with the 119th pick. And that rounds out our five round mock here. Let's see what PFF has for a grade. You've nailed A and A minus the last two weeks. We did not draft a quarterback here. Uh-oh. Oh, they're giving oh, they're us gonna, a they're kill C it for B. John Robinson. C minus for Dorian Williams. Oh, and a B no. minus. B minus. Yeah, yeah, I got a D, Phil. No. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Great name, bad grade. I got to text Mike Renner about the Diaby grade they got. They're too low on yeah, yeah. Why does... B. John, get a C. I, I think it's just because PFF always ranks the running backs lower. You know, okay. like, yeah, yeah. You, even w- w- their draft slot is just part of their philosophy. So I, I think that that's what that thing's all about. And they might even have a thing in their algorithm about the Vikings don't need a running back, even though we traded yeah. Delvin Cook. So, I'm you know, I'm not sure in this exercise. But yeah, 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 Diaby, I'm looking at my sheets right now. He measured in 6'3", 263, 98th percentile athlete, was almost 99th. I compare him in my sheet to Boye Mafe, a guy that we're very familiar with. Football. Let's go. Yeah, Let's yeah, boy. I mean, this is, it's almost draft day. Can't <laughs> wait, man. Yeah, we're super pumped to see as many of you as possible at the Surly Park Tavern draft party. No cover charge. Just come on in. You yep. can uh, cheers a beer with the sports dad himself, Judd Zolgad. And you can uh, take in whatever happens, whether it's chaos, whether they stand pat. Hopefully they don't trade out of the first round, but we are super pumped for a week from Thursday night. He's Thor Nystrom. You can find him on Twitter at ThorKU and all of his work at Fantasy Pros and Betting Pros. Awesome stuff, Thor. Appreciate it, boys. I always enjoy joining you on Tuesdays. Reckless draft speculation here on Purple Daily. Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die.